All right, so he's told us what Jesus has done. He's told us what our behavior should look like because of Jesus's actions. And now Paul gives us some help with how. Today we have a much loved and much quoted and much studied passage, the armor of God. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are diving into episode 164 today, and we are praying our way through Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24. But before we do that, we're going to open with a bit of worship. The two passages that we're using today for worship are Ephesians 6.10, when we start this whole passage with, and then the very end of the passage, which is Ephesians 6.23 and 24. So this kind of bookends our discussion for today. And I thought I would use the last one partly because this is probably going to be longer than I normally go, and I'm not probably going to spend too much time on this last, um, the end, the greeting, the opposite of the greeting, the blessing, maybe that's a good way to put it, the, the closing that Paul uses in this book. And these two verses are part of that. So here they are. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. And 6.23 and 24 says, Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just start and pray. Father, I come to you this morning and ask for your grace to be evident in this time. I ask that your power would be evident in this time. Spirit, open this passage up to our understanding. Speak to each one of our hearts in words that are so familiar. I ask you to give us your wisdom. Pray that you would help us to apply this to our very own uh, life in this moment, not this generalized understanding, but that each one of us would come away from this time together with you with a instruction or insight or emotion or a message from you is maybe a better way to say that, that each of us would come away with a specific message geared towards our own specific lives. We worship you this morning as one who is vast in strength. Vast. Vast is this word that is huge. It's it's this expanse that we can't even describe because it's so big. And that's how your strength is. And we often talk about your love and your grace and your um, your care for us, your deep loving kindness for us. But your strength is just as unending, just as vast. And we have access to that strength. And I just, I worship you this morning for this idea that you are the epitome of strong. You're what defines it for the rest of all of our language and our understanding. You are the epitome of strength. And then Paul closes this book or this letter with this phrase, grace be with all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to spend a moment sitting in that understanding that you are where grace comes from. Jesus, you are what gives us access to that grace, that the whole reason why we can sit here and have a conversation with you, Father, is because of the grace poured out on us through the sacrifice of Jesus. And I pray that that would be very real to us today. I pray that it would open and unlock a thankful heart that would result in this undying love for you, Jesus, for our Lord Jesus Christ. And on the flip side of that, when we think about worship, you are deserving of our undying love. And that can only be powered by your spirit. 
It's one of those cyclical mysteries of the faith. But I honor you this morning for your strength and being worthy of our love and the source of all grace. Thank you for those gifts. Thank you for the relationship that we have this morning. And I hope that you find pleasure in what we're about to do here, in the the prayers that we offer you. Let them be an offering from our heart to yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I always end up, and I I should figure out a phrase better than okay, because it seems like that is what I always say when I finish. Okay, but it just takes me a minute to come back out and start over. So we're in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 24 today. The next few days on the Facebook page, and today as we pray through this final passage of the book of Ephesians, we're done after this week with the book of Ephesians, we come to the series of verses that is so well known that in some ways has become cliche. It's used as a a cute illustration in children's color books. We learn it in Sunday school at age four. It's printed on mugs, and we write big books on it and lots of Bible studies, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But familiarity can breed, not contempt in this case necessarily, but sort of an attitude of been there and done that. Like, I know this passage. I understand this. Okay, I'm hearing it again. I've heard it a thousand times. But today I would ask you to set that familiarity aside and enter into this time with a curiosity about what God has to say to you today about these words. And as I've said, books have been written, so there's no way I can cover the depth of this passage with you in the next few minutes, but that's a good reminder that as we pray scripture, we don't have to have an in-depth understanding to begin. We don't have to dig all of the things out of it. We can come to it with this idea of, this is my prayer for today. It's similar to what I tell people about gratitude. Just because we are grateful for one thing doesn't mean we're not grateful for all the things. We can choose one thing to be grateful for. In the same way, we can choose one lesson to pull out of this for today instead of having to deal with all of them. So instead of a deep dive, which isn't going to be possible in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to read you a quote from David Kim. It's kind of a long quote. It's in three parts. It goes like this. Ephesians 6, 14 through 17 describes the six pieces of the armor of God. To put on the whole armor means to believe all that Jesus has done that we learned about in Ephesians 1 through 3, and to live it out in daily life, as he talked about in Ephesians 4 and 5. It is living in the power of everything that God has done in every area of life, even when there are challenges. That was the end of the first part of the quote. We often don't view this passage this way. We think about it as simply an act of spiritual warfare, but it has a broader application or a maybe Um, maybe broader isn't the right word. It certainly applies in those contexts. But his sentence, it is living in the power of everything that God has done in every area of life, even when there are challenges. So it applies to all of life. He says, putting on the whole armor of God is not mainly about a technique or paying attention to darkness and evil. It is not about a secret prayer or a mystical spiritual experience or visualization techniques. The full armor is meant to bring strength, stability, and encouragement to you so that you can receive all that God has for you. So we need it to withstand the pressures that life brings, the life that Jesus made possible, as he described in first three chapters, and the way we are to live described in chapters four and five. So he says, finally, and gives these instructions. This is Ephesians 6, 10 through 24. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should. Tychius, our dearly loved brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me so that you may be informed. I am sending him to you for this very reason, to let you know how we are and to encourage your hearts. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the passage. Now, there are so much in there that we could dig into and describe and explore, but this is not a teaching broadcast per se. This is a prayer broadcast. So without teaching on these topics, I'm just going to pray. Now, that's kind of hard for me because I'm a teacher at heart. So (laughs) I'm going to try to avoid that. I'm going to try to avoid it while I'm praying. And we're just going to jump in. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. Father, I ask you to give me focus and give me the words that you would have me speak right now, that you would guide this time into the direction that you want it to go. Paul tells us that you are our source of strength. And I was thinking about this this morning or last night when I don't feel strong. It doesn't really matter how much strength I have left because you have vast amounts of strength. And that's where my strength needs to come from, not from my own self. And so I ask that we would learn to turn to you when we need strength on a daily basis. We need strength for everything. And so help that become habit for us, that we would be strengthened by you for this life that we are to live. You've just talk through Paul with us about how your gospel message should impact our behavior and then help us see in this passage the how. Help us understand, Spirit, how you are to power this life that we live and help us to draw that strength and that grace from you. Help us to see life around us with spiritual eyes. You tell us that we are not primarily fighting circumstance and um, other people. We think that other people are the cause of our issues. And while certainly there are things that are simply the result of our own actions and natural consequences to decisions that are made and things that happen, there is a whole world of spiritual forces out there present with us at all times that are our sworn enemy. Whether we chose that enemy or not, when we sided with you, when we became part of your family, they became our enemies. Help us to see life and our circumstances and the things that we are facing in everyday life with spiritual eyes. Help us discern properly what is a spiritual battle and what is simply um, 
the result of a decision or, and I don't know, I guess sometimes I feel like that we can go overboard in assigning every single hiccup in life to a demon when we start stepping into the realm of spiritual warfare. And while I am certain that there is far more of that than we usually see with our eyes, we can also go too far. So I guess I would just ask that you would give us wisdom in looking at our own circumstances and not um, not relying on our own understanding, but on our spiritual discernment. Grow that in each of us. Help us to put on or take up the armor of God. We have these things available. These are gifts from you. These are due to the fact that we have a relationship with you, but help us make a daily decision to stand and to take up that armor. Help us to know what that feels like in a really practical way. These, this metaphor of a soldier wasn't by accident, certainly. It was very familiar. These things would have been very familiar to Paul's recipients of Paul's letter. But they are also, they also can be translated really practically. And as I walk through this variety of, of metaphor, as we dig into this metaphor of a soldier, pray that you would remind us that we are soldiers and give us very practical applications of ways to walk this out in our lives. So you've said to wrap truth like a belt around our waist. Your truth is reliable and necessary for all of the other things to make sense. That wraps around the waist and starts this metaphor with the idea of truth, critical to our our belief system, to our ability to know who we are, to our ability to trust your word, to our ability to be able to articulate to other people the message of the gospel. Pray that you would fill us with that truth and keep it there as that thing that binds the others to us. We're to wear righteousness like armor on our chest, a breastplate of righteousness, I think, in other translations, that protects our hearts. So I ask that that we would step into a pursuit and a love of righteousness that would guide our actions, guide our behavior, that you give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness rather than for all of the things that so often get in the way, like our comfort or our safety or our familiarity or our own, our own knowledge or understanding or the world's wisdom. Instead, I pray that you would give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and that that would guide our behavior and guard our hearts. You say that our feet should be sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In thinking about this as a Roman soldier, they wore spikes on their, on their battle shoes to keep them upright because if we fall, we are vulnerable. But if we are standing uh, with a, a solid base, when you set yourself up for a, in a fighting stance, it's a balanced um, it's balanced on your feet in a, in a strong way. And so the gospel of peace gives us that, that uh, solidity, that strength to stand on. That word peace feels kind of vague in so many ways, but uh, scripture says, Jesus, that you are our peace and that you came to bring peace. And I pray that when we're choosing a foundation of which to speak, of which to act, of which to think, that we would make that foundation the gospel of peace, that we stand strong and balanced on the gospel of peace. You speak about the shield of faith, that we are to take up the shield of faith. And I think about the Roman shields, which were huge. They were like 
body size and they were made of wood and covered with wet hides so that the arrows, um, the scripture here says that so that we can put out every flaming arrow of the opposition. And that's what the shield did. And it provided a first line of defense. And our faith does that. So I pray that that faith would be that first line of defense for us, that would be in front of us, that would be always present, that we would hold on to. You had to lift those shields. They had to have been heavy. And you had to hold it in front of you. It was an act. An act. And I pray that with exercise, that we would be able to hold that faith in front of us for protection as well. Tell us to put on the helmet of salvation. Helmet was the last thing that went on a soldier. And it guarded his mind, his head, the, this, this thing <laughs> that interacts with our heart and our mouth in such a way that we pray that our mind is protected. And there's so many ways that we can do that. But salvation is the thing that ultimately protects us. And then you say the sword of the spirit, which is often called the only offensive weapon. Certainly the other things that are their armor is typically thought of defensively, but it's not exactly true. There's, there's offensive uses for shields and there's offensive uses for some of the other things. But this last one is the first maybe outright, and there's defensive uses for swords as well, but outright offensive weapon, the word of God weaponry and handling swords. I was, for some other completely different project, I was looking up um, medieval swords and, the, and training and watched a video on, on how they handle, how we've learned that they have hand, handled their weaponry. And it was a lot of training. It takes time and practice and training to be able to wield the swords. The same with the Word of God. Jesus used the Word of God in the desert to rebuke Satan. That was his defense we can do the same thing. That is one reason why we have it, that one, one use that we can put it to. But it takes training and effort and exercise and building up the muscles to be able to do that. And I pray that as we do this, specifically as we pray through scripture, that we would begin to build those muscles, that it would sink into our heart and be available for us. Pray that we would wield it safely and wisely and accurately. And then you come to something that is often considered a, a separate item, a separate portion, not part of the armor of God, but it is also an active offensive weapon, and that is prayer. And I think I, w- I want to go down to the bottom of this verse and say that Paul asked us to pray for boldness for him. He asked his recipients of the letter to pray for boldness. And I pray for that also for us and for anyone speaking the message of the gospel. I pray for us to realize that we are ambassadors of your kingdom in chains, in slavery to Jesus, and that we are here to speak his message of love and peace. Give us boldness to do that. Any to, to any one of us, anywhere, give us the words and give us boldness. It seems appropriate to close this book and this broadcast today uh, with prayer, with a prayer about our prayer. You tell us like five things about prayer in here. You say to pray about everything. You say to pray in the spirit. You ask us to be alert at all times, persevering in prayer. 
and praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ, praying for the body of Christ. And I ask that those things would be grown into our own prayer lives, into our own prayer practices, that we would bring anything and everything to you, that we would be in prayer constantly, that this conversation that we have isn't one that we're like, oh, I call you up once every five years to catch up. It's not like that. It's a relationship that goes back and forth throughout the day as someone you would talk to or text constantly throughout the day. Pray that it would be spirit-led and spirit-guided, that spirit you would give us the words, give us the prompts, give us the wisdom, give us the, the direction and the guidance for our prayers. Pray that we would be alert. They didn't go out on the battlefield without alertness. They want to know where their enemy was. There's no way to defend an enemy that we can't spot. So I pray that we would be alert in prayer, that the battles that we are facing, these primarily spiritual battles, they're fought on the battlefield of prayer. I pray that we would go there alertly and that we would persevere. This isn't a one-time battle. This is a, a war that you have already won, Jesus. But we are fighting the skirmishes out here on earth. And I pray that we would persevere in that. Battling is hard. It's hard work, and and prayer feels like hard work sometimes. But I ask for your strength to persevere, and that, that we would also lift each other up, those of us in the body of Christ, that we would remember to pray for each other. It's one of the most powerful services that we can give each other, that we would remember to pray for each other as we each fight the battles that you have called us to. As we look over this this passage that we know so well, that we've heard so many times, and that I'm sure has been preached powerfully more, more in, in all of our lives, more than certainly this one time. I pray that you would give each one of us a takeaway, that we remember throughout this day, Spirit, continue to bring it back to our minds and our hearts, and have it in very practical ways, that we can walk this out in a way that makes sense Uh, both in our lives spiritually and in our lives physically, that this crossover between the spiritual and the physical feels more and more natural to us as we realize how much of our life is lived in the spiritual realm. Thank you for this passage, for you don't give us the tactics of the devil, but you give us uh, the ways that we can go to battle with him. I'm grateful for this passage. It's meant a lot to me over the years, and I pray that you would continue to give us fresh insight into it. In Jesus' name, amen. I appreciate you joining me for this and throughout this book of Ephesians. Hope that it's been a rich study isn't the right word. I don't know what a good word is for this process that we do, but I hope it's been a helpful focus for you. We'll be continuing it out um, day by day on the Facebook page with individual written prayers. But if you watched me today or on replay or live, I so appreciate you being here with me. Uh, It's not only comforting and encouraging, but it's just helpful to know other people in the body of Christ are coming alongside of you in prayer. If you're a podcast listener, thank you so much for joining us in that format. I appreciate you as well and would love it if you would share this with a friend you think would be encouraged by it. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, and my hope as we do this twice a week is that we would all grow in our ability to use Scripture in our conversations with God. But most of all, my prayer is that you would fall deeper in love with the one who gave us these words that we're speaking. Amen. Amen.